Hot damn, everybody. Welcome back to the highway with Kyle Shut. I am Kyle Shut, and I am fed up with this country. That's right. It, it is uh, It is the 4th of fucking July when I'm recording this right now, and I cannot think of a, a time when I wanted to celebrate that less than right now. That's right. So many people have had their rights taken away lately, and that's right. I'm getting political for half a second. You know why? Because I'm goddamn sick of it. So many people that I know and am close with uh, are affected by the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And uh, it's disgusting. You know, um, having your rights taken away is is one way to look at it. But, you know, I, I've, I've always said that uh, none of us have any rights. You know, you, you, wanna, you think you have rights? Next time a cop says, excuse me, sir, just keep walking in, in the other direction and you'll find out real fucking quick how many rights you have. Uh, none of us have any rights, but um, some of us just have more privilege than others. And it's up to us that do have that privilege to help those that don't. And that's the long and short of it. I'm going to leave it there. Um, if you know me at all, you know that that's how I feel. But uh, I, did, I, I had to say it. I'm sick of being quiet about it. So um, please, everybody, let's do all we can to help each other instead of the opposite. Because that's just fucking disgusting. All right. Now that I've lost half of you, <laughs> let's get into this week's show. Uh, my, my very esteemed guest this week is Mr. Kenny Kreiser. Uh, he plays in a band called Mirror Queen that is signed to the label that he owns, TP Records, uh, who the sword have a lot of history with um, over the years, and we're going we're gonna to get to the bottom of it like we always do. But first, it's time to read this week's headlines because that's not news! All right, first up, we got this uh, hot slab of news. Sammy Hagar says he has made more money from his outside business ventures than he has from playing music. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Alcohol sells way more than records. I mean, maybe in the 80s and early 90s he had a lot more uh, you know, going on in that uh, music department than he did uh, the outside ventures, but it ain't no fucking secret that bands don't make any money these days. I mean, I don't care if you're a band like Aerosmith. I mean, for fuck's sake, even those guys. Like, The more money you make as an artist, the more you have to pay to make that show happen. Any way you slice it, people playing music just don't make as much money as they did anymore. And, uh, that, that goes all the way up to Sammy Hagar because that's not news. All right. What do we got next? Uh, here is, here, here's a good one. You know what? This one straddles the line, but, uh, I'll, I'll just read it. Dave Mustaine flipped out on a roadie midway through Megadeth's Barcelona rock fest performance. Uh, number one, that's not news because everybody knows that Dave Mustaine's a fucking dickhead. But number two, you, you don't you don't yell at your fucking roadie. It wasn't even his roadie. Apparently, uh, you know, everybody's been to these giant festivals where uh, stages are split in two and uh, one band sets up while the other one's playing. Apparently, uh, Judas Priest was on next. And uh, I'm sorry, Dave, but um, Priest is on after you for a reason. And um, apparently the guy was uh, preparing uh, one of the guitars uh during the Megadeth set, which happens all the fucking time. Have you ever played a festival before? Uh, and apparently he just uh, threw a little bitch fit up there on stage and, you know, saying things like, we'll wait till he's done, I guess. Uh, is it okay if we play more? And apparently he called him a bunch of uh, fucking uh, really sexist names and uh, fuck all that shit. Fuck you, Dave. Megadeth sucks. There, I said it. Um, that's not news. All right, let me shuffle some papers around here. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, th this one's kind of news. Um, it's just this headline is, God, it just goes on forever. 
Pink Floyd's Animals 2018 remix, long delayed by liner notes argument between former bandmates, arrives starting September 16th. <laughs> okay, number one, that's way too much information for a headline. And uh, number two, <laughs> you guys, you've been arguing over the liner notes since 2018. You don't think that uh, some bigger things haven't been going on you could argue about instead or make some more music? I don't know. Uh, hey, who, who am I to say? These guys are legends. Uh, I ripped my entire Doom Side of the Moon project off of them. Who am I to say? Uh, but, God, just... The streaming doesn't even have liner notes. You know, just, just put the goddamn song out, you guys. I swear to God. I don't know. Maybe they've got more integrity than I do. I don't know. Is it news? Is it not news? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say it's news because... Uh, Hey, I'd like to hear it. Animals might be my favorite Pink Floyd album. So uh, I'll, I'll give it up for you, fellas. That's news. That's news. Y'all, here's a good one. Ted Nugent says that... Oh, that's right. Nothing Ted says is news. Stop fucking printing that shit. Fuck you, Ted. And uh, yeah, I'll leave you with this one. This one, uh, this one isn't news, but uh, it is somewhat thought-provoking to an old stoner like me. Uh... Aerosmith's Joe Perry disagrees with Gene Simmons's rock is dead comment. Uh, that's not news. Um, however, you know, two dinosaurs from two of my favorite bands, you know, arguing over whether or not what they do is dead or not. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I've never seen Aerosmith. Um, I, I, I did just see Kiss and I talked about that last week where they're uh, clearly on their last legs. Um, it, it might be dead for Kiss. Uh, I don't know if it's dead for Aerosmith, but um, I, I looked at some of their set lists fr uh, from the recent shows, and I gotta say, Aerosmith front loads the fucking good shit. They really don't waste a whole lot of time with their, you know, biggest songs, like uh, all of their big ballads and stuff. They really uh, put some choice cuts from the first four records in there. I would love to see Aerosmith, uh, just to see if, if they still got it. I don't know. What do y'all think? Is Rock Dead? I don't think it is. It better goddamn not be because I'm making a lot of it right now. But whether or not Rock is dead or alive and well, that's not news! Now, you may not know the man, you may not know the band, and you may not know the brand, but at the end of this conversation with Kenny Chrysler of Mirror Queen on TP Records, you're going to know it all, baby. Let's do things my way. The Highway. Hey, Ken, what's going on? Hey, Carl, apparently I'm an idiot. Hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> not a problem, I hope. Uh, no, <clears> no, <throat> no, it's fine. <clears throat> We're not live, right? This is broadcast later, so Ooh. the whole world won't know that I was late. No, no, I'm leaving it all in, baby. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, <laughs> oh, I, 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 I try to leave it as intact as possible. I think that's really fun. There's a few <laughs> times uh, where I'll dig in and uh, kind of, I, 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 I guess it depends on the interview. Sometimes I have to be a little more aggressive uh, with the sure. ads, but uh, for the most part, I like to keep it all intact. So nope, everybody knows you were late and that's okay, fine. Well, if I can make one excuse, I was trying to line up a show at Knitting Factory and just got confirmed five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Is it uh, for Mirror Queen? For Mirror Queen, yeah. Nice. Uh, opening up for new TP signing Telekinetic Yeti, if I can pimp them a little bit hell yeah actually i just talked uh to alex earlier um 
uh, oh, okay. about the new record and stuff. He's a real <clears> sweet guy. I uh, I can't wait to see them because uh, I wasn't able to catch them when they were out with uh, Clutch and Stoner. And um, I, th- I think I'm going to be out of town whenever they're playing in Austin. Coming yeah, soon, I mean, they hit, a road, they, they hit the road a lot yeah. with Weed Eater and bands like that, so I'm sure they'll be coming around. Well, um, <clears throat> there's a lot I want to to ask you because uh, I actually have quite a long history uh, with TP. Uh, I, I used to know Tony, uh, who owned it uh, ages ago, okay. and um, he used to yep. um, bring us around uh, the New York offices and like the kind of back in the old uh, record label days. You know, if, yeah, if, when if, we if, had offices, when you had offices and uh, and inventory, yeah. uh, you know, they would like let us yep. just run through the the you know storage closet and take as many fucking records as we could carry ah. with us out of there. Uh, Tony was a real sweet guy um, to us back in the day, and uh, it's it's awesome to see TP still going strong uh, and been. Um, you know, passed on to what seems to be capable hands. And I guess my question is what would make you yeah. want to do a full thing, like run a record label these days? Well, I can't, I can't, but it's still, yeah. You know, and I kind of feel like the underground scene is healthier than ever. You know, back then, mm-hmm. TP was a bit of a voice in the wilderness. You know, one of the few labels putting out vinyl for every release and yep. really encouraging heavy underground. And uh, now, I mean, Roadburn wasn't even around back then, you know? Totally. And and now there's dozens of festivals, just as an example. And, uh, and you know, a lot of the bands have hit the semi-semi-mainstream, whether it be, you know, Mastodon or High and Fire winning a Grammy for Pete's sake, yeah. you know? So so we're kind of switched. We're getting a little older, a little mellower. We're switching our roles more to uh, our tastes. I don't know. It's more psych and kind of uh, proggy kind of underground stuff. Um, and seventies kind of hard rock still. So we're not so much doom as, and heavy, heavy as maybe we were in the mid aughts. Uh-huh. So that kind of keeps you going too. You know, it's just changing taste a little bit. Well, wait a minute. Who am I talking to? The sword. <laughs> has, <laughs> sword <has changed. laughs> I'm probably one of the wackos who prefers high country and, uh, and the new record or you know 2018 record so it's really you know? funny how that worked out because like we've been around for so long and we played so open for so many different bands and shit that like we have segments of fans yeah that like found out about us on high country and don't like the older stuff or like vice versa or whatever you know it's it's uh, everybody's got a, a, an opinion <laughs> sometimes that we're friends with the guys from enslaved you know uh-huh. and they play their more, more proggy stuff and i see the crowd kind of not, they stop their moshing and they get the head of the bar a little bit. And I, I, I prefer that that new stuff, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> so I'm always a little bit out of the out of touch that way, I guess. But, That's uh, funny. But uh, man, yeah. one of my you know what uh, one of my favorite releases that TP ever did uh, this is a long time ago, uh, early 2000s maybe like oh two or three maybe you might know a little bit better than me. But um, it was a band called All Night, and they only oh, had sh- one record. But um, a lot of people don't know that John <laughs> Sherman from uh, yeah yeah. Uh, they were yeah, they were Southern rock band, Southern guys. Yeah, yeah. but they they were from North Carolina, and um, John yeah. Sherman from Red Fang played on that record. Uh, not a lot of people. Oh, really? That. Yeah, and it's uh he didn't <laughs> he he had never heard those songs. He just showed up to the studio, like learned it in a day, and then uh, cut that record. And it, it still is one of my favorite rock albums to put on. Fuck, That's awesome. Great, great stuff. Yeah, <laughs> for like a brief moment, they were coming to New York quite a bit, um, for like two or three years straight, and then mm-hmm. who knows what happened. <laughs> Well, what made you want to, I mean, uh, I'm assuming you always played music, but then, uh, yeah, what made you want to put together Mirror Queen and uh, uh, put put out your own records on your own label and everything like that? I would love to hear yeah. Yeah, the, the thought behind that. Well, before 
teepee, I had a different label called Rubric. Mm-hmm. And that was more uh, very varied. We did everything from country to uh, downtown music, a lot of downtown stuff. Heroin Sheiks were a, a band that came out of the cows, kind of out of the M-Rep world. Uh, we did the first couple of Gorgo Bella records. Um, and then a bunch of releases from friends of mine in Iowa. I'm another Iowan, like the, the Yeti guys. Mm-hmm. So that was a really varied label. <clears throat> I was always a hard rock guy. And then, so when we merged of Teepee, that's also when, you know, I guess in the post-Man's Ruin world, hard rock is starting to happen again, even yeah. in New York. So I was pretty thrilled. And then uh, things went on for a while. Um, I was actually running a bar. Uh, Tony left the label. And then that was the decision. Do we keep it going or not? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And meanwhile, uh, I don't know if you know him, Dave Sweetapple from Witch. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave has a background in independent distribution. So... So we became better friends, and then we decided, well, what was a perfect match, especially for not wanting to maintain the cost of an office and a full staff and interns and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he actually has an office up in Vermont, which does have inventory. So he does a lot of ind- independent sales to small stores and things like that. And, uh, and it was just a perfect way to streamline, and he and I, were, our tastes aligned perfectly. And then kind of growing up with Roadburn, I feel like – PP phase two or three, whatever you want to call it, kind of grew up with Roburn a little bit too mm-hmm. as they got bigger and just seemed like the world was either catching up or vice versa, you know? <laughs> and uh, and then with Mary Queen, yeah, I've, I've been playing guitar forever. Um, and I was always a hard rock guy, even in the 80s and 90s when that wasn't very popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was called a dinosaur then and now I'm too old, cool, but I'm still, you know? <laughs> but... Uh, and New York is just also the, it still has a little bit of the lifeblood of, of Blister Cult and stuff like that, my favorite band. And uh, so it, it's just, it's just working, you know, <laughs> not, we're not going to stop. <laughs> and, and also in New York, you have friends going in and out, like it's probably the same in Austin too, but yeah. it's, it's almost like the age doesn't matter. Every couple of years, you might change a member or two. I think the age range in our band is something crazy, like 20 years or more between the numbers. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Let me guess the, the youngest member is the drummer, right? No. Oh, wow. uh, he, no. No, he's the mainstay. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, uh, Morgan, the guitar player who co-writes all the tune, uh, he and I share the songwriting duties. Uh, he's the youngest. So, uh, matter of fact, when he joined, he couldn't even drink legally. Dang, that was, that's how I was with the sorta. We started when I was twenty, so for like the first six months or so, yeah, I was like, um, yeah. I didn't. Or most of the bars knew me anyway and would let me in, but yeah, if we, uh, thank yeah, God, probably I didn't not go an until I was twenty-one. Yeah, probably not an issue in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually kind of pissed at me uh, when it was my twenty-first birthday. I went downtown to Emos, and um, I was like, "Hey guys, it's my birthday!" And they're like, "Oh hell yeah, let me right. buy you a shot hold are you?" I was like, "I'm twenty-one." They're like, "We've been serving <laughs> you for years." <laughs> exactly. Good stuff. But it, but it kind of works because, you know, uh, it, it just shows that kind of tastes go around in circles, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then even going to Europe, I've noticed this on behalf of TP bands or our own band that maybe, I would say the, the audiences are younger now. It's like, it's like a huge range. Maybe that's another reason festivals have taken off, you know? Maybe, yeah. I, I always said yeah. um, that, you know, every year that, you know, a certain amount of people turn 18 and start smoking pot. You know, and that's just, yeah. just it's just gonna yeah, happen. You know, that over time, you're just gonna get yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you're gonna get them. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so what were we talking about here? <laughs> oh, nothing. I was just like putting out your own band versus uh, releasing other people's music. Uh, how how do you approach that? Is the the same way, or is it a little more you know personal? Obviously, but you know, it's more personal. Um, not too worried about breaking through. Not that it ever really enters that many uh, underground bands, and and you know, the TP is kind of like a family, a strange one. Mm-hmm. Most of the bands I would say are in it for the music. If not all of them, Absolutely. all the members. Yeah, you have to be these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, all a lot of guitar heads. You know, if you go, sometimes we'll be at a festival and uh, if it's a little more heavy or experimental, mm-hmm. the only guitar solos from the stages are, are courtesy of TP bands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I noticed uh, looking at a, a picture of you. You also play a a, a pointy horn guitar that's not an sg what, what are you doing there yeah yeah that's my uh my signature reverend guitar um signature okay yeah yeah it's like a me and joe naylor um who started reverend um and ken haas uh the current oh, the, owner um yeah. designed that guitar from the ground up they let me do almost anything i wanted with it um it's a i've said it before it's it's a much larger than an sg so that it makes me look smaller um, yeah you know and uh, <laughs> uh it's you know i got to choose the inlay uh, design and everything like that, and they uh, did a couple of things that were actually Reverend firsts. Uh, I was the first one to have the, the inlaid logo on the headstock, and apparently uh, Reeves Gabrels uh, got all uh, uh, I don't know jealous about it when he saw it. He's like, "Oh, hey, how come he gets the Mother of Pearl inlaid logo and mine's the painted <laughs> on one?" You know, so they they had to go back and redo his. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, the, yeah, the, the later versions, anyway. And but um, mine was the first Reverend to have four knobs because. They like to do master tone and master volume, but I needed to have uh, two separate volumes because I do kind of a stutter thing sometimes with my uh, pickup okay. selector. And uh, yeah, yeah, um, that's that's my guitar. I love it. Yeah, I was wondering because I just saw kind of a fuzzy photo <clears throat> when I was looking up some information about you, <laughs> just to contribute to our repartee. As, as and, one uh, does. Yep, and uh, I play a SG two thousand, a nineteen seventy eight Yamaha. Hell yeah! And I was like, oh. And I was like, "That no, it's not a Yamaha. Something's different about it. It's probably five pounds lighter, for one thing." Yeah, it's super <laughs> light because I used to play a like a fourteen pound SG. That, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Les Paul. That was just um, j- it was too much. I like gave myself like slight scoliosis because of it. Um, yeah, so mine, the my signature guitar clocks in a, like around eight pounds, like seven, seven fifteen, whatever, like that. Yeah. Uh, that's totally like three pounds lighter than mine, but awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love that shape. Um, hey, well, what else are you playing through? Um, I have a whole collection of Japanese guitars. So mm-hmm. besides the, uh, I, lo- I have an old Greco that I play in a power pop band I have here. Nice. Uh, yeah, an Explorer Greco shape. Then I have a kind of a proto. I think it's '74, maybe before Ibanez started putting out Flying V. So it's old Karina. Uh, Ibanez Flying V. That's awesome. That some of the pictures you see of Mary Queen Morgan is, is borrowing my Flying V. So oh, cool. You have two Japanese guitars on stage <laughs> for us often. Which now I think about it, it's kind of strange. Yeah, mine's a the, they make all the reverends in, in uh, Korea, but um, it is a hundred percent Karina wood. So yeah, it's good, it's good. Work. Yeah, these are all the seventies Japanese stuff when they were just trying to really burst into the market, and they're very meticulous. I think they're they were out building. Gibson at the time. The, that's the, that's, yeah, like uh, almost common knowledge at this point uh, with the uh, yeah. gear world. You know what I mean? A lot. Of, if you find one of those old ones, get it. I picked up my Explorer for fourteen hundred bucks. My buddy uh, 
sent me a link yesterday for the same one on eBay for forty nine hundred. I'm like, oh man, why am I having to beat the hell out of this on stage? I can't replace it now. <laughs> you know, it falls I think, off the head. I think shit like that all the time. I was like, oh man, I should have bought two. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a little funny guitar. I mean, I have a, a Les Paul custom too, which I played for years. And, yeah. Uh, a couple of V's, and uh, I like these early Framus guitars. Mm -hmm. uh, early set. Those are great. They're, those, they're like light Les Pauls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somehow I bought one off the singer of Paul Revere and the Raiders. That's a story for another time. Wow. But, yeah. <laughs> it was a really neat guitar. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, I sold all my Gibsons because uh, Reverend has been so kind to me over the years um, through the ups and downs uh, and everything, and um, whenever Gibson... Uh, changed ownership recently the first thing they did was to start to like sue everybody out of business basically um uh, with the flying v so reverend uh mm -hmm. yeah basically got served papers even though their volcano was nothing like uh the gibson flying v um gibson was just basically trying to say that we own any kind of v-shaped guitar so everyone has to stop making them and i thought it was a fucking bitch move but yeah, uh with bc rich and all that yeah, 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 yeah be that. because of that i don't know i just i sold all my <laughs> and uh and then go fuck themselves. Well, shit, man, you, you, you got go. your you got your endorsey model. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do. It is a good guitar. That's why I really do like it. It's not like I'm just hawking some shit, you know. Oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll grab one of those. Not that I need another guitar, but check it out. I know they have it at uh, Monster Music. They have a bunch of reverends up there if you're ever around. Yeah, I haven't I haven't reached the phase yet where I'm ridding myself a little bit, but <laughs> I think everyone gets to that point at one point. <laughs> so we shall see. My, uh, the, the pandemic uh, didn't help with that. It was like, hey, hey I got stuff. Who needs stuff? <laughs> I, yeah, I pedals during the pandemic, just sitting alone in my bedroom for uh -huh. the first couple. <laughs> how was God, dude? I'm glad I brought that up. I, I hate talking about the pandemic, but really, yeah. like, how does a how did how did you approach that well, like, as a label? Like, what did it, it did it help? Did it hurt? Well, we basically shut down. I mean, yeah, no band. We're very much a label that encourages and kind of lives off bands being on the road that's the best advertising yeah sometimes the bands are one of our best customers i keep on the road and they buy lps <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know so and uh and then none of the plants were open anyway so what we kind of did we slowed down massively i think the only thing we released during that time was over that two years span maybe mythic sunship and that was a, a co-release with a swedish label and then uh -huh. or and then we did uh, I think the new bitch wax was already in the works, so yeah. that had to kind of come out. And then, and witch taint, I believe, popped out. That might have been it. Um, but then we started up doing our digital a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I cranked up a thing called the TP Annex, and that was supposed to concentrate on digital. Kind of turned into a grab bag more, but that worked great because uh, our web store sales shot through the roof. Actually, the first you know like six months, uh -huh. we're at home spending some stimulus money and. and so that was that was actually kind of fine, <laughs> um, for the TP level. And then there's no expenses, you know. They had no PR to spend on or anything. Yeah. Just yeah, and I was more concerned about people dying or or bands breaking up because of lack of activity, you know. Totally. Um, I mean, Eric Wagner, and he passed away in your state during that. Yeah. Uh, that sucked. That was really only big loss I, on a personal or artist level we had as far as someone passing from that mm -hmm. but the bands uh kind of fought their way through it i believe uh, a lot of them did what we did kind of cooped themselves up you know we could finally get back in our rehearsal building we were pretty diligent and didn't stop at all i had actually have three bands including mary queen in new york we're all we're cranking away at it 
did a live stream show or two and you know things like that yeah a lot of wood shedding <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a, it was it was tough to yeah just to decide what to do like watching what every other band was doing trying to like sit apart i don't know we we kind of had a full calendar anyway um you know before everything shut down so it was just kind of like we just sort of just sat there and waited it out and um we certainly weren't the first but um we were in that first wave of bands us and primus going out and trying to just see what the touring landscape was like you know during um i think it was during the delta wave and uh yeah yeah shit's different now out there i mean i would think austin there's enough outdoor places right there are probably a couple shows i would think there um, there were like they uh, started doing some of those like drive-in shows you know that yeah, the, yeah. people said were kind of weird um the, uh, do you know who thor harris is was that? Do you know who uh, Thor Harris is? He's a uh, Austinite. He's played in a ton of bands. He was uh, in Swans for a long time. He uh, yeah, 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 totally an outdoor. Yeah, yeah, friends. yeah, yeah. But he he did this um, dumpster fire show where like him and a friend like lit a dumpster on fire and like it, it hit it with like baseball bats and like made music out of it. It was it was, it was a pretty wild uh, experiment. But uh, well, yeah, okay. yeah, there was. I didn't know that's where uh, I didn't know that's where Thor ended up. Yeah, we know those guys. Uh, <laughs> Norman Westberg's a Norman Westberg's a friend of the label and well and a personal friend, the nice. guitar player. Yeah, uh, yeah. There wasn't much of that here. Matter of fact, we spent the two winters uh, with heated socks and and hand warmers and drinking outdoors. You know, it, it was pretty, it was pretty tough. Um, you know, everybody bought an acoustic guitar. That mm-hmm. was a good one for once. You know, yeah, <laughs> did a lot of that. Probably like a lot of people, I thought about getting a ukulele or a mandolin. <laughs> God, New York is like, I don't know if it's changed since I was last there, but it's so different now. Um, like, especially like Williamsburg, like you can't really get late night food anymore. Like a lot of places don't even stay open until last call, you know, and, it's, and shit like yeah. that. I, was, I was really surprised that it hadn't like, it, it didn't really like come roaring back. Yeah. I mean, there's still plenty, but yeah, people learned how to. I, I think New Yorkers started learning how to drink earlier. <laughs> there was Maybe. a lot of <clears throat> happy hour stuff during a lockdown. And, and, and I think at one point they had to close by 10. Uh-huh. Um, and then they moved that to 11 um, during restrictions during the lockdown. And, and also around here, it's easier to get your liquor license approved. If you submit that you're going to be closing, not going to be a four o'clock bar. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Well, so, just, uh, like, last time I was there, I was like, it's the city that sleeps. <laughs> I can't believe it. We I mean, actually stayed in Williamsburg. Like we found a hotel where we could park a van in a trailer, and like that was it was yeah. cheaper than going to Secaucus, which is what we usually do. Yep, and also it's harder to tell because you know it's not Manhattan of the '90s or or yeah, you know that time where everything's just so jammed together. But now there's just more happening. I mean, all the way to Queens, there's venues. I mean, mm-hmm. every every other week there's a new venue. Um, so. It, and even in my neighborhood here, I moved. I live in East Williamsburg, and uh, I kind of moved here because there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. now there's a lot. Uh, so good for New York, you know. It's still still a fine town, you know. And uh, I love New York. It's a good, yeah, it's good headquarters. There's there's art in the air. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I've never quite heard it put that way before. Is that what art smells yeah. like? Uh, yeah, so yeah, like yeah, right. pissing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, now that we're heading to August, there'll be a miasma of filth in the air. <laughs> but God, yeah, it's, it's been so goddamn hot down here lately. I just go from one air conditioned box to my 
my little air conditioned car and then I drive <laughs> to another air conditioned car somewhere. Yeah. It's like, fuck. I can imagine. Yeah. I grew up the road from you. Uh, I grew up in Des Moines, up, up, <laughs> up I 35. Des Moines is one of my favorite places in the world, man. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. That wasn't the motivation to sign Yeti, but I thought it was hilarious that they're all from a bunch of Dubuque guys and they're still based there, you know? Yeah. Call it Dubuque. That's what, that's yeah. what we call them on the road, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not the only one. No, it's supposed to be Little Rome. At one point, it had the highest concentration of Roman Catholics outside of Italy. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Those Mississippi River towns are great, so I think. <laughs> well, I know, uh, I mean, uh, we're promoting your record as well, but the new uh, Telekinetic Yeti um, Primordial comes out, uh, I think, next week, right? Uh, July 8th? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly correct. Next Friday. It's going to be fucking awesome. I, I, I can't wait to catch those guys live. Um, and and uh, yeah. when's the when's the Mirror Queen record coming out? Um, in tomorrow. <laughs> oh, holy shit. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, dang, I wish delayed. I it. Well, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, a little bit, you know, production, and uh, we, have, we were in no big hurry. And then we're playing... Saturday at Union Pool, so it all kind of worked out. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, uh, dang, I was hoping to get this out before uh, the record, but it doesn't matter. This is just going to be part of the back-end promo. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, <laughs> Are you using the same kind of like uh, PR setup? Uh, I know a lot of labels. Uh, labels are kind of like bands, like no no two operate the same. Do you just have like um, an in-house uh, kind of PR team that you pay, like a, a, a retainer to? We did for many years, but now it's especially – the lockdown, we we dispensed of that. It wasn't yeah. just not keeping busy, and uh, so now we're kind of doing the U.S. a la carte, depending on the different release. Yeah, and instead of one size fits all, and then we have a, a guy on retainer in, in Europe, Shelter PR. It's called. So I oh, know Shelter. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean that guy seems that's smarter anyway. A lot of times, like uh, when you had those like one size fits all kind of you know uh, yeah. operations that can. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, and also we more and more. I, it is kind of akin to the sword. We're we're kind of expanding our our palette. So, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, I have a power pop band in New York that needs. I'd have to hire a different promotion if we just had a hard rock guy or personal retainer. Yeah, totally. Uh, and Dave Sweet Apple's in a power pop band with with Mascus called are, Sweet Apple. Just Sweet. I love that Sweet Apple record. Uh, yeah, that came out maybe like twenty uh, fifteen. That one, God, yeah. it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's fun. Kind of, I guess you would call it alternative rock. If we're... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's funny yeah. too. It's just different. It's very tongue in cheek. Yeah. yeah. And then our friend uh, Dave Hill's comedian. He has a a true power pop band called Valley Lodge. So, oh, I at you... one point, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, at one point we're almost getting so many releases that don't completely fit under the banner of heavy music or a PR company for that matter that specializes in that. Uh-huh. So, so we'll just do it. Yeah. You, uh, you guys, uh, whenever you brought up a comedian, I was like, "Ooh, man, are you going to hop on the uh, the stand up comedy uh, fad that's going around now? <laughs> are you going to put a put yes. out stand up specials?" Well, I told myself after the pandemic, I would I would go to those more often. Uh, this guy's doing his own. My God, the other day he was on stage with uh, like, like the bass player from Metallica and some. This guy gets around. <laughs> Damn. One, yeah, look up Dave Hill. He's really funny. He's a music head and. Uh, really good guitar player. Awesome. So he's, yeah. Oh man, you could you could have just like an imprint, like a comedy imprint called Teehee. Tee 
<laughs> yeah, why not? I'll just put it on the annex. I quit. I quit. I'm is that sorry. Still, is that still, I grew up in the era of double live uh, comedy albums. So yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not completely averse to that. It's. I mean, it's. It's. Austin is now a comedy town. It's so weird. Like it was a music town for so long. And then it kind of became a food town for a while where, you know, people, I think they kind of got sick of like waiting in lines, being in crowded clubs and shit like that. And so they um, yeah. uh, started to just go out to eat, you know, lavish uh, meals a lot more. And um, and then I feel like after the pandemic, like it's just a bunch of clubs closed and they all reopened as comedy clubs. And so now. It's oh, just, really? You know, you I think that's a- Oh, my God. It's I mean. It's great for, you know, things, but it's also just, like, so oversaturated. Oh, my God, I, I work at a bar sometimes when, like, it'll have, like, an open mic night, and it's excruciating. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it really made me appreciate my friends that uh, that do it more. But, yeah, man, uh, the comedy albums are still around. Uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, JT Haversat, uh, his uh, new record uh, is coming out uh, on vinyl through um, 800 Pound Gorilla Records. And um, I know um, Jack White puts out a lot of... Uh, 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 comedy albums like it is yeah it's, it's there's a market for it you know what i might have got a hot tip here <laughs> you, you have to fucking wait a year for it so hopefully your your uh your comedy doesn't you know age poorly because yeah. it'll take a year for your, your fucking record to come out god are you yeah. sick of that yes that's for sure yeah <laughs> in hindsight yeah i wish it would have bought a uh a, a vinyl uh machine uh-huh. <laughs> a wave uh 20 years ago and set up shop mm-hmm. um, they do I, have those days but are still kind of prohibitive to, to get it going i mean it's only profitable if you're pressing records 24 yeah. 7 you know and so like <clears throat> yeah. I, I get why a lot more people don't um take the jump but whatever you know we'll catch up one of these days or or, or we'll just never catch up right. <laughs> i mean we have like a lot of labels, we have it all manufactured in Prague. Yep. I just saw news this morning. A new place is opening up 2023 in California. Oh, cool. Yeah. The guys that do the uh, the fancy CDs, uh, uh, Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs, have somehow joined up. Okay. With, with somebody. Yeah. So maybe a few will start to open. Not in time to help us, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I During lockdown, I also wrote before. Okay. The new TV, new American Records out tomorrow. But me and Morgan wrote ninety percent of the next record already. Hell yeah! <laughs> you know, and now it's like, okay, we're done with that one pretty much. Uh, well, if we submit it now; it might be ready next March. Yeah, God, <laughs> just dude. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that it is crazy. I mean, I still listen to CDs, so hey. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love CDs, man. They're yeah. making a comeback. <laughs> it's so, they're so yeah, I mean, here's my, Yeah, here's my copy of. Uh, Future right here on CD. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah! I love that album. I listened to it the other day, and I, I, I kind of was like, "Okay, I get it. I get why people got upset." <laughs> but it's still. No, it has a lot of space in it too. I uh, fucking love yeah. it, man. Yeah, Tucker, uh, Tucker Martin, the producer, uh, God, he murdered that uh, production, and um, yeah, I, I was really proud of that record. So, why do you guys go to? All the way up to Portland, right? To record? Yeah, yeah, that's where his studio was. Um, we just like he had a great touch um, with uh, my morning jacket on their waterfalls uh, record, and uh, I just it was so lush. We really wanted to kind of push the envelope um, as far as like kind of texture was concerned. So uh, he he's he's more known for like singer songwriter kind of stuff, but like sure. like making these really lush productions. And so we we thought we'd yeah. let him take the reins for a while, and it was a lot of fun working with him. He, he's a drummer. Um, too. So he takes, he took Jimmy's, you know, 
drums really seriously and it was like cool to watch him do you use like microphone techniques and things that i had never seen anybody use before it was cool sure. and build from there yeah yeah that's great yeah we do kind of the same approach and we were a much pioneer band but i kind of wanted a, a, an outside influence I, i'd say me and morg you know we produced the records uh-huh. the band produced the album but rather than record at some places around here that do that did a lot of stoner bands and things like that uh we head to manhattan to avenue b avenue a and we record at a at a very fancy place you know nice. <laughs> and just they have something a little different you know they give me a break i slip in there during off hours like i'm going there tonight for four hours to do awesome. some touch on yeah. yeah and it's owned by a french guy he owns the building no noise le- issues it's probably way too good for us but it's pretty sweet <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then you get an outside i use the same engineer every time for the last five years uh-huh. so i so he knows what we're up to but then you have but it doesn't come from a metal background so there's a different input so so I'm with you. Well, that's yeah. awesome, man. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to hear the rest. Of- All I've heard uh, so far is the uh, uh, the the latest single that came out with the video, but I'm really looking forward to checking out the rest of the record. Um, since it'll be out by the time this airs, is there a particular song yeah. there that you'd like to play or that uh, you're particularly proud of? <clears throat> well, the next video will be for a song called Rider on the Rain. Um, my friend Shazula people might know her from the band Wolven Nest mm-hmm. and she used to aqua nebula oscillator. She's making a crazy video going to Bordeaux and Normandy and I don't even know where doing all these, all this crazy, uh, uh, original filming to have original images. So I gave her that too, because it's the shortest one. I have to admit, sometimes we tend to meander a bit. And, uh, <laughs> and <I'll, laughs> if you read the liner notes, when we send you a copy of the record, uh, that one was written. Normally we, we kind of, uh, are a little more methodical um and it, they are kind of structured around ideas of boc and wishbone ash and camel those are our yeah. favorite bands but uh this one I, I wrote in the liner notes we wrote standing up the drummer did a beat and morgan came with the riff right there and then and i muttered some lyrics in the in the mic and it was done like half hour later We're like okay that's awesome <laughs> that's not the usual way we do it so that one I don't know if anyone could tell if it was oddity that way and the way it was written and developed. <laughs> but now you know. <laughs> now we know. We're going to play it right now, man. Thanks so much, Ken. I, I really appreciate okay. you coming on. Sorry I'm late, but hey, there you got a truncated interview. <laughs> I can't wait to say, you guys are back, right? You're playing one. You're playing a festival, right? But, uh, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're playing a festival, uh, and then I'm taking the podcast uh, live to Cycle Las Vegas uh, in August. Uh, that'll be fun. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I am going to do it. Um, so. Okay. <laughs> it's, well, I'll bug you for a pass next time you come through New York. I, mean, I haven't seen the sword for a while. Dude, absolutely, man. I would love that. And if you're ever in Austin, that'd be awesome.
thanks for tuning in to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe if you want to keep up with the latest episodes. And don't forget to check out The Highway with Kyle Shutt playlist on Spotify to keep up with all the rad tunes that we play on the program. And if you need some new gear in your life, don't forget to check out Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, Idiot Box Effects, and Ray Ray Decker Cables. Stay high, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>